Welcome to episode 52 of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And it's time for another bonus show. One that you love. Yes, I am so happy we got this request. I've been wanting to cover this since we bought the 4K, I think, about a year ago when it came out. Maybe not quite that long. Something like that, yes. This was a blue underground horror release and one of my personal favorite horror films ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie came via request by Kevin H. I hope he doesn't mind me saying his first name. <laughs> I didn't say his last name, but this is a gentleman that's been following me for over a decade. He used to comment all the time on all the horror shows I used to do, like he wouldn't miss a beat. Wow. And he goes by Bugfugger21. <laughs> and it's funny because we got chatting offline one time. Not offline, but on a side tangent, not in the public, because he was commenting so much. And I think he used to email me, you know, like once a month. And then he started commenting on the blogs. And I thought he had a fascinating name. And he is an exterminator by trade so oh cool that is an awesome name and he is from chicago illinois but he requested an awesome zombie movie and we're gonna get to that right now Lady Phantom, we are covering the movie Zombie, which is also known as Zombie 2 or Zombie Flesh Eaters. This is listed in a big one genre horror. And it's just that. Exactly. It's funny. If this was released today, it'd be in four genres probably. Drama, thriller, action. (laughs) But this is straight up horror. No doubt about it. It was directed by, I'm going to call him the second most famous horror director in history, Lucio Fulci. I think Argento does beat him out. And it stars who, Lady Phantom? Tisa Farrow, Ian McCulloch, Richard Johnson, Mm. and many others. Not really. Well, not many, but... There's like five main stars mm-hmm. but tisa farrow is the Mia lead actress. sister yes and a fun fact on her is that in 1980 she had like a credit of four movies she didn't want to act anymore and she became a nurse she went to school and became a registered nurse and never acted again good for her yeah I you guess do you i mean yeah i mean like if that's what made her happy um yeah i think she that's very respectable just like her sister yes and yes. what is the popular movie her sister was in rosemary's baby absolutely and you get a lot of detail on faces in this movie i can say that but yes go on and describe that synopsis there 
Strangers searching for a young woman's missing father arrive at a tropical island where a doctor desperately seeks the cause and cure of a recent epidemic of the undead. Mm. That's Pleasing, very good. <laughs> isn't it? Yes. All right. This movie starts out with a gentleman with a blacked out face. You don't get to see who it is shooting a corpse that's wrapped in a white blanket that's rising from the dead. And he makes a statement, the boat can leave now. This popular line throughout 41 years. Tell the crew. Yes. From there, we jump to the New York Harbor with a boat that's abandoned. And the local cops come there, Coast Guard, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. to investigate why this boat, nobody's responding because it's coming to the harbor around the city there. And they go on board and discover that nobody's there, but a zombie breaks out of one of the hatches and takes a chunk (laughs) out of one of the officers there. And that's where we open up. This is such a climactic scene, I want to say. I personally remember this (laughs) like it was yesterday, seeing it at a drive-in movie theater because it was so scary and this is a movie you know you wish you could have that experience again when you first seen it because it was so freaky and diabolical and scary because these zombies walk slow and to me they're terrifying and i only want to cover this for a brief second lady phantom but there is an ongoing feud among horror peeps out there Which do you like better, slow or fast zombies? Me, I've always been a prodigy of the slow zombies. I personally think they're scarier, and it's the hordes, it's the the just knowing they're coming to get you, and you have time to think about it. With fast zombies that were way more prevalent up into the 80s, 28 days later, these infected-type zombies, and onwards and stuff like that like you really don't have time to react and i just think when you know this methodical undead is coming and there's crowds of them it's really scary to me so where do you land on that oh i think both have i don't want to say pros and cons but i mean yeah fast zombies are scary because they're fast. It's like, you need to run. But slow zombies, it's just something in the deliberation. They are coming and you can run all you want, but unless you take them down, they are coming. And it's just like, it is very, very scary. I mean, you are right because they normally come in hordes and they're just coming. And, and yes, of course, stop. you can run. Exactly. I mean, you can run. Sure. And if you but, outrun them, then you're okay. But in they most are so movies, many. they get trapped somewhere, which is kind of realistic. You want to escape them. You're not just going to keep running in the woods forever. You get too tired. Yeah. So you have to stop and shelter somewhere. Yeah. And that's where this contemplation in your head is so scary. And to me, this movie has the best, the scariest the best effects they come from their ground like i think they would a zombie would 
And, oh, my God, they're just freaky to me. Yeah, and you are right. I mean, and not only with zombies, but with bad guys in general, there's always something that is scarier about a villain that he doesn't need to run. He's going to get you. Right. I mean, come on. And that's the way Jason was, too, in Friday And the Michael 13th. Myers also True. in Halloween. And It's that stalking that they exactly. do. Exactly. Like, you don't know, but as a viewer, you're seeing it. Uh-huh. That's uh, another one that I love, the collector. Like, the guy doesn't run after you. I mean, you are going to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so I think this is part of that, and, and it is very scary. So after this opening scene here on the boat, we get our two lead characters. One is the daughter of who owns the boat. And Whoever she's that wondering may be. where her mm-hmm. father is. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is a reporter that's chosen to investigate what's going on here. Yeah. Because this boat is abandoned and then they had this creature that bit somebody. And the good thing about this is they didn't jump the shark is nobody's seen the guy get bit. So they don't know anything about that. They don't know about zombies. Of course, this is something you wouldn't know. Now it's so common what a zombie is. But I do want to say that in this movie, someone does indeed jump a shark. Okay, true. (laughs) And I do want to say something. It's a fun fact about that. And I have to tell you. And Let's you wait might till we get to it. Okay. Okay, so we get this woman and man. The reporter finds a note left from her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And says he's sick. And they're on this uninhabited island where her father was called Matul, which is somewhere in Central America, basically. <laughs> They don't go into that. It doesn't even matter in this story. So the journalist gets the money from the owners of the paper, and they try to reach this island to investigate and find out what happened on this boat, where's all the people, where's all the crew, and where is her father. During this journey, they come across two vacationers, Americans they're supposed to be, oddly enough. At least one of them. (laughs) I don't even think either one were. But, like, this is not what this story's about. And I'm sure Phantom's going to start criticizing a lot of things. (laughs) And it's her right to do so. But I'm just sticking up for this movie already. Because there is flaws in it. But it's not what the movie's about. So they meet up with them because they have a boat. And they're going to Veracruz, actually. And they tell them they want to go to this island, Matul. And everybody, when they mention this island, don't want to go there because the indigenous population believe in voodoo and all sorts of things. Yeah, and you see, actually, when the name of the place is mentioned, like, if people were smiling, you see their smiles disappear instantly. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Right. And these are voodoo zombies. We can say that. What? started in history from back in white zombie in the 40s mm-hmm. yeah romero's the one who kind of switched it up you know in night of the living dead in the 60s late 60s they weren't even called zombies they were called ghouls but they weren't driven by voodoo and then dawn of the dead which came out a year after this 
They're not by voodoo. And this is known fact. I don't know how accurate this is. Because this is titled Zombie 2, there's so much chaos around this that Fulci seen how popular Dawn of the Dead was, and he named it Zombie 2 in Italy and other Spanish-speaking countries because to get on the popularity bandwagon of this. Because, but, I'm no. sorry, Night of the Living Dead had been named Zombie in Italy. Mm. So that's why he went with Zombie 2. Well, no, it was the, really uh-huh. because of the popularity of Dawn of the Dead. Because no, Night of the Living oh, Dead okay. wasn't even popular. Yeah, but the point was that one of those movies, I'm not sure one, I think Night of the Living Dead, but I might be wrong, was uh, named Zombie in Italy. So then he went like, okay, Zombie 2, whatever. Yeah, to but go it has on to that. do with the success of Dawn exactly, of the Dead. To, to, uh, to cash on the success. Now... I'm going to let Phantom describe this because this is not a negative here because we get this throughout. The way giallos were shot in the Italian style here is they used overdubs and they had different actors with different accents speaking different languages in this movie and many giallos in the late 60s and 70s. This was the style This was how it was done to get a more broad appeal instead of just in Italy. Because you got to remember what time it was in history here. Things weren't like they were now. So to get your movie in America, which is where you wanted to get it, they did this weird intermixture with English-speaking actors and Italian actors and Spanish actors, and their mouths don't go with what they're saying, and there's many overdubs. So speak to that, Phantom, because you made a criticism while watching it. Yeah, it's just that it was confusing at first. This is my second time watching this movie, and I was so confused because you see it, the overdubs are like really, really all over the place, and then, but you do see some people's mouths going with the words and some others don't. So I did ask him, is that guy just speaking another language? And then I, then he said, yes. And then I looked it over and it's exactly as he just said. It's just that at that time, each actor spoke in whatever language he Correct. or she spoke, whatever that may be. It could have been Italian, French, Spanish, English, whatever. And then when they did the overdubs, they just like overdubbed them to whatever language the the movie was going to be released. Exactly. Like English or Italian or French or whatever. And as a result, the, the overdubs do look all over the place. Personally, I don't like it. Like I really don't, especially because the the sound, it just sounds weird. And I'm not a fan of that, but I understand that that's the way it was done. Yes, because of the times and to get the distribution all over the world. Yeah. So if you're not used to this, I could see you criticizing that, but this doesn't drop my point value at all because this was how it was done. So I'm not faulting Mm. a movie like this. I mean, this is a pretty low budget film. 
Yeah, it's not like they made a conscious decision to do that specifically for this movie. No, I mean, if that's the way all the movies are done in the country where you're from, I mean, that's yes, the way you, you do it. you didn't grow up on these type of movies either. You had never seen a movie like this. Exactly. You never even heard of Giallo probably until you met me. Yeah, that's correct. All right, so moving on, they are on a boat. And they do come across one zombie underwater, and <laughs> I'm going to let the Phantom talk about this because I think she had a tip or something yeah. on this. But this scene is so outlandish, I would say, because it was never done before and never done after to this day. But there's a zombie in the water while this woman is scuba diving, and she's running from a shark, but then it counters a zombie, and the zombie attacks the shark. So go on and describe <laughs> what you wanted to talk about. I just find that scene so cool for so many reasons. Like, first of all, I mean, this girl, she's only wearing a G-string, and that's all she's wearing to scuba dive, because obviously that's what people do. And then, yes, she goes scuba diving and you see her and you see the, the fish and everything. And then there's a shark, a tiger shark. And I mean, tiger sharks are really dangerous. So she's like, oh, and she tries to swim away. And then while she's hiding, she feels a hand touch her shoulder. And lo and behold, it's a zombie, right? So then... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the zombie and the shark get in a, in a wrestling match. That's why I said that someone jumps a shark. But this is so interesting, and it's a very fun fact, and I do think you will appreciate it, because maybe some of you listeners know, the zombie was played by the tiger shark's trainer, Ramon Bravo, who was Mexican, by the way. But that's not it. The point was that René Cardona Jr. was the one supposed to play the zombie. But at the last minute, he got sick, so he was replaced by Ramon Bravo. Now, René Cardona Jr. was the director of the movie that was made in Mexico as a result of the success of Jaws, which was called Tintorera, Killer Shark. And Ramon Bravo wrote it. <laughs> so I thought that was absolutely interesting and i love that that fun fact because it's like everything comes together in a neat bowl and i love it yes it, it's such an iconic scene and it's fun and you're like what and you know he takes a bite out of the shark and i don't want to go into too many of the kills here because i know there's going to be people out here that haven't seen this movie this is old and dated if you're a horror fan you've had, know about this movie and seen it but if you're not out there I don't want to cover every one of these scenes. That's just so fascinating, this scene. So let's progress it on. They do finally make it to this island. They actually break down because the shark hits the boat. Mm -hmm. And they're not aware of where they are, but they send up flares. And the doctor that's on this island goes and rescues them. And then this is where the majority of the film takes place, on the island. You come to learn about the voodoo. You come to learn about the doctors researching this. He's don't believe in voodoo and he's trying to figure out a scientific reason. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are coming back to life. He does have a wife that plays a key role in this 
with one of the best eye splinter scenes ever in horror history, in my opinion. It's just what really this movie's known for is this one scene here where this woman gets impaled her eye while zombies dragging her through a door, basically. And you have other natives on the island and stuff like this. And I think I want to stop here with describing the story here because we got the four characters that came to the island. You have the doctor, his workers, other nurses, and natives dealing with zombies, trying to escape and live through zombie mayhem. There comes a climax in here, which I think is great when they get stuck in a building. And remember, zombies come back to life. So if you get bit or something, you're going to turn. This is a classic trope in zombies. The dead come back to life no matter how long they've been in the ground. This is done the best in this movie that I've ever seen in any zombie movie. They literally come up from the ground with maggots and dirt and stuff. It's not done too often in zombie movies. I think it's really realistic and freaky to me. Yeah, and and I really, really respect these actors who played many of the zombies because so many of them have actual worms on them. And I'm like, you! Absolutely. And then we'll just say that some of them do escape, get back on the boat and want to get back to America or wherever. And it has an incredible ending. I've always loved it. It's one of the best endings a horror movie could have, in my opinion. And what say you? Yeah. I mean, if you think it has a happy ending, then you haven't been paying attention. Yes, that's all we should say about that. Because, you know, you make it off the island, you finally escape, and you think you're safe, and you never are. <laughs> yeah, even movie. the music is like, ah, nah, nah, and then, ah, uh-uh, ah, and no. <laughs> okay, that'll cover the story. And since she just mentioned the music, let's start with some technicals there. This has a lot of voodoo type music, oh, African yes. drumming, yes. and chanting. Did you really pick up on the chanting, Phantom? I don't know if you did while watching The it. chanting, not so much. I was so... Oh, it's in I the mean, background and it's freaky sounding. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that, yeah. That's a lot of the music on the island. And then there's this shrilling sound effect that happens in several of the scenes. And then you have the main theme, which we played on the intro and it We'll play the whole song on the outro, which I just (laughs) love so much. It's not like an ultra scary track if you listen to it by itself. But during the context of the movie, the cues when it pops in is perfect to me. It's when when real things are going on. You didn't really state how did you like the music and effects. The music is fine. I mean, it's not my favorite. I would lie. Especially because it plays so often that like it just tired me. Not not exactly the song, but that African drumming, I had a real problem with that. Yes, see, I really enjoyed it because it was always in the background and it was diegetic. Yes. They were hearing it on the island. Well, I'm not sure about that, but let's say yes. The thing is that, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I understand that that's not the point in this movie and whatever. 
But the story, it I feel honestly like these Italian people, they like in this case Lucio Fulci, he wanted to do this zombie movie and he did and it's a great movie, you know, but then he chose why not choose some place that you are more familiar with so you can actually make a story that actually makes sense. Like it does ever- make sense. Yep. And why we were on technicals going on music and now you're jumping on this. Because tangent. I have to say it. I really have to say it. I mean, they mix the like the United States and then they they think about voodoo, but then the story is happening somewhere near the Dominican Republic and they do mention Veracruz at some point, which is in Mexico. So they are really far from there, but hey, these tourists are going somehow to uh, Veracruz and they, I mean, I have to assume that they are from the United States, so I have no idea what they would be doing there in the first place. They said they were going on vacation. Okay, fine. And then they are going to this place called Motul, which happens to be also a place in Mexico. But hey, it sounded foreign and exotic. So let's just choose a place. And uh, I I mean, no, no, I'm stopping her because she's (laughs) making things up because they stated in the film, this is an uninhabited island. Who cares what name they chose? Okay, fine. They stated many times in the movie this is not a documented place nobody wants to go there and nobody even really knows where it is it's not charted fine but they they take the trouble to actually put a cemetery of spanish conquistadores there (laughs) with names that date to the 1300s when America hadn't even been discovered. Okay, this happens so, in maybe I mean, three seconds no. of the film. Yeah, but unfortunately for me, just like I noticed that it, that part of it happened in the Dominican Republic because I happened to read a sign, uh, I, I do pay attention to this stuff and I want to make clear that it didn't take me out of the movie, you know, but it's just so funny how the, the person, the I mean, the Italian producers of the movie, like, oh, it sounds exotic, whatever. Yeah, and it, it's just funny. Well, Phantom, you, you forget things. Like, places are named the same all over the world. They're same cities, same things. Not Santo Domingo the in the Dominican Republic, For no. For one, they flew to Dominican Republic. To take a charter to get to an island they didn't know where it was. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But, I mean... This is not what this movie's about. Spanish conquistadores in a place where America hadn't even been discovered. It, It was like 200 years away from being discovered. No. And then with Spanish names, no. And that's not what this movie's about. And I'm sure this is her third or fourth time watching it. And she never even noticed that before because the movie's not about it. Because 4K. And uh, yeah, I understand that that's not what the movie's about. But it's just these little details that, I mean, me being from a place whose history is directly related to the famous conquistadores, like, I can't, you know. uh, And it doesn't take me out of the movie but I do think it's a flaw of research. I'm sorry. I don't. But that's why we're here to debate and argue movies. So 
we were on technicals and she goes on a rant. So let's go <laughs> on the best part of this film. I think we'll both agree on this. It's the special effects, the practical oh, oh, effects, oh. the makeup effects of the yes. zombies, of the actual biting of human skin, of eating intestinal parts, eating meat off of human bodies. And the None casual, of this looked fake. This yeah. is a hard R movie, just to let you know out there. Yeah, and the casual removal of skin of an arm because you happen to touch it and it looks absolutely gross and real. And yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the rating. I was reading that this movie changed ratings many times because they kept adding scenes. Yeah, I could yeah, see like, this wow. movie have been banned back oh, when this yeah. was released because this is very graphic it's in many completely scenes. completely graphic. And they show it and they stay on it. Yes. And it's effective. I mean, this is the movie with Dawn of the Dead, I got to mention it, that actually started showing real blood, skin being ripped off, holes in bodies, and zombies eating internal organs. Yeah, which takes me to the next technical, which is the camera work. It's absolutely yes. perfect because you and it's know... it's funny, that's great, Phantom, because you know it's a low-budget movie, too. Yes. Watching it, but the camera work has some... Great trickery, I'd like to call it. Like, yeah. stunning, actually. And the thing is that you know that these people have makeup on. You know that many times it's dummies. You know that many times it's dolls. But the camera work is so good that if you are not actively thinking, oh, this is a prop, you just go with it because it's done so well. Oh, I never once even considered one of them to be dummies or anything like it's yeah. done so well exactly and uh my mind isn't even rolling well how is this achieved because it's impeccable i mean you see the actor that's dead and their guts are opened and it looks real by how it's shot the makeup the coloring yes the practicals used when they're ripping through intestines and grabbing things out of organs and even just the scenes where they're biting a neck oh I yeah mean, the they skin show ripping it. up like yeah and and the sound effect goes along with it which helps it yes okay lady phantom what other technicals you want to get into here um cinematography we touched on this with yeah. that. There's quite a few wide angle scenes of the island of when you're out in the ocean on the boat and this New York skyline. Yeah, I I don't think it's anything special. I I think the part that I like more in cin like cinematography wise. You like the close ups? What yes. Yes, I do. And the underwater scene with the shark oh, it was, that was, it was masterful. It's probably one of the best at this time. Yeah, it was masterful. You know, we talked about this on The Shallows, mm -hmm. and on our review, go back, we covered The Shallows, that that was some of the best underwater <laughs> cinematography ever done. Just the lighting and everything was impeccable. Yes. And for this time of movie, it never gets dark. You see all the action. They're actually underwater in With the ocean. Shark. <laughs> yes. This is not props here. This is real footage yeah and it's not murky it's not it might be murky but it's not distracting or like very dark where you can't see 
like algae and rocks underground. I mean, it was done so well. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, was, it was for, really good. Especially for this time, and you got to put yourself in that mind frame. All right, I'm curious to hear what <laughs> the Phantom's thought on this is, but okay. the acting. Oh, my God. There's such a mixed bag here. Some of them, a few of them, looked very natural to me. Who? But, like, for example, the reporter, I liked him. The one tourist, the guy with the beard, he was fine also. Who do you think was best? The reporter. Over the doctor. The doctor was okay, but he was not my favorite. No. Really? I, I think I, the, if I, I had the to go most. by acting chops, I think the doctor was head and shoulders above most of the others yeah. personally. But like really most of the acting in this movie, and I also understand that it's a product of its time because I do remember movies from this time and many movies were like that but most of the acting is atrocious actually no. yes no. I mean and uh, but the thing is also She's I understand nuts. I mean you see this zombie coming at you and the only thing you can do is open your eyes and go like no no get out of there woman why are you they're saying no, no, this no, just go. This is how go. filmmaking was, like I you just understand. alluded to. Yes. Thinking of something so modern, somebody sees something and they stand against the wall and just scream like yeah, women did from 50 years of filming. Yes, exactly. But you can't penalize that, in my opinion. Okay. Because but then, that's how films were made. It's okay. just like the Phantom of the Opera, the original. Oh, I that mean, was good. I mean, at least him. I mean, her. <laughs> oh, yes. the two characters that find uh, no, the note. No, no, no. But also, I mean, you cannot compare it to a silent movie because in a silent movie, they had to overact a little to show what they needed but to show. But let's just go with Dracula. How did they act when they seen Dracula? Oh, that was overacting too. So whatever. But the scene that really stood out to me and that I hate, by the way, it's this girl, the one that swam previously in the G-string. Like, she is scared out of her mind at some point, and that's fine. But then she goes like, no, I can't take it. Oh, God. I was like, oh, God. I mean, and, and no, no, no. I mean, it's not because of women empowerment or anything, but it just looked completely overacted well, to me and I'm i hate it up for it because that's how films were done yeah at i understand time, and it worked and i'll tell you the doctor's wife has scenes like the phantoms talking about but i thought she was incredible i mean and i understand and look i also grew up on movies that were made not even then around 40s and 50s and everything and they were never that overacted. I mean, I understand that this is a style of movie very particular to like Italian movies at that time and, and everything. But I, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't with some of the acting that is so completely atrocious. I, I can't. All right. I think we covered pretty much everything we need to with the movie. Are you ready? Yeah. You go first. <laughs> To me, this, um, this movie is, I mean, it, it's just very hard at the same time. Because, yes, I mean, some things, as I said, I really don't like. But most of it is excellent, especially the horror part. And this is a horror movie, so it should be judged on that. So, 
To me, this movie is a 7.5 wow. out of 10. Hurts my soul. No, oh, well. <laughs> this is a 10. And it's a buy. This is a 10. This is a perfect film. And yes, you can nitpick any flaws out of it, but for the time, they achieved something monumental, in my opinion. To get this low-budget film all over the world that was banned and scared so many audiences on every continent, and just the effects and scare factor alone is mind-blowing how good they did in this film. And to finalize it, Guillermo del Toro, Phantom's one of her favorite directors, I would assume. Yes, is a huge fan of this, and this was a movie that inspired him. And he makes a brief statement on the disc. And he did this, I think, three times on three different releases for this movie. He just loves it, yeah. Yes, I mean, he is just blown away with what was accomplished in this era. And it inspired him to become a filmmaker. Yeah. So... Yes, it's got faults, and if you can pick apart something, if you don't like this type of movie, I mean, you can sit and probably argue about things, but you got to put your frame of mind back in the time. So this is a 10. This is my fifth favorite horror movie ever. This is a top-tiered horror movie. Scary as all get out, and it's definite buy. All right, this is what Kevin wanted to know is... This expensive disc, $40, I think he said, and I think that's about what I paid for it when it came out. Is it worth the upgrade? Now, you ain't going to find someone that knows more about this movie than me because I'll tell you, I had this movie on Betamax, on VHS, on Laserdisc, on DVD, and Blu-ray, and now 4K. I've even seen it on black and white tvs back in the day i mean only format i haven't seen it on is well no i could say real to real because i seen it at a drive-in so i actually was eight years old i seen this i remember it vividly this movie scared me to death i have seen it on every format so lady phantom He wants to know, is this worth buying again on 4K? Let's start with the video quality. Now, you had never seen this before. Maybe Blu-ray, did you see it with me? I think so. Okay, so you don't really know what it looked like when it came out. You can guess like we do in other movies. So start with you. What did you think? I think it's good. You do see grain. And a lot of it. Especially on wide Wide angles. angles, And there's a dark scene, some scene that happens at night where you do see a lot of snow. However, the amount of light that you get, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen during the day. So you get a lot of detail. There's a lot of close-ups that look absolutely beautiful you can see with gore effects too not only faces yes yes there's this the cop one of the two cops at the beginning of the movie he's a redhead you can see the freckles on his skin in a movie from 1979 so i mean that is good 
And yeah, I mean, talking about the makeup effects and the special effects, I mean, 4K will show you the things that you were not supposed to see or maybe not. And you just can't find a single flaw in this makeup. That goes to how good it was done because, yeah, I was worried when I first got this. I'm like, oh, this could be bad, especially with like blood color and veins and intestinal oh. matter. And the, the, the color of the blood is perfect. Oh, yeah. It's much better than in many movies that are like from the last two, three years. Yes. And I will say it, I don't like to use this terminology because <laughs> I hear it a lot out there, but there's no doubt you heard every format I've owned this. I've probably spent four or $500 on this movie over the years. There's no doubt just on all the formats. And this movie has never, ever, ever looked near this good, but it's not without its faults. This movie particularly is probably the hardest one for me to give an accurate grade. I'm going to try at the end, and I'll give you why I yeah, came up with course. what I did. But the faces, the opening scene when they go down the underbelly of the boat, oh, my God, it's so lively and bright. You've never seen things like that. That, that stupid centipede thing oh, is so, so detailed. Yes. And <laughs> when the first chomp comes out, you're like, wow, look at how good this looks. It's so impressive because you just got off seeing wide angle, super snowy, grainy scene. And surprisingly, when I first watched it, I was, oh, no, I'm thinking it's going to be like Alien that was pitifully done. Yeah. That was exactly around this time in 78, shot on better equipment than this, but just not transferred and produced well at all. This one, wow, do you notice a noticeable, like super noticeable difference if you have any appeal of what this film is back. Yeah. And I will say Lady Phantom. It doesn't lose the filmic appeal either. Like, I don't want this to look like Lucy, for example. Yeah. That would take some of the grittiness out of the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have loved if they scrubbed it all a grain, but it still would have had a filmic appeal because of the hues and coloring used at the time. Yeah, it was just different in the 70s and 80s, right? And I have to imagine, of course, I don't know, but I have to imagine that maybe in previous formats, the underwater shots were, pre were, were pretty much like in Jaws, where you like kind of see, but not really. But here with the 4K, you can see everything that's going on Even with the shark. Even that boat scene, Phantom, that was a very dark scene on VHS days and DVD days. Not in the Blu-ray. They did up the values to the brightness there, but don't look nothing like what this 4K does. Yeah, I but mean... But that boat scene and some of them scenes when the zombies are rising, some of them scenes were really dark, Phantom. Oh, okay. No, here you can see everything and everything is perfect. Oh, yeah, they popped up the brightness and vividness of this yeah and it's really nice tea. and that also goes to the movie making because it's really nice to see that nobody was thinking oh well maybe with the film it won't look that bad 
you know, but no, I mean, they took care to, to, to shoot these scenes correctly. And, you know, years and years, 40 years later, in a format that shows every single flaw, you cannot see those flaws. So that's very good. Yes. And I will say, surprisingly to me, maybe Phantom 2, is this has some HDR pop. Only happens a few times up when the chaos happens with fire scenes. Mm-hmm. But there is some beautiful hdr pop and and it just made me smile to see this movie pop in certain sections yeah that that is that is correct yeah and funnily enough that's another scene phantom that was so dark with the characters faces with all this fire and the timber falling and stuff and the zombies attack i believe that it was so dark in this movie you can see their face their facial reactions and even when they get out of that situation and get outside there is some scenes there that are all inspiring you're like wow like the detail on their faces when the three characters are standing there and they're looking back because we just watched this a couple scenes again we watched totally in dolby vision then we did hdr 10 and there's this scene it's like wow i'm like that looks so good like it could have been shot a couple years ago a couple scenes when you pause it on it and you're not getting grain and stuff like that yeah that is true okay now i gotta say some negatives is they couldn't scrub this film enough there is actual film flaws when they transferred it over like with squiggly lines especially in their underwater scene and And it's it's a a crying shame because it is very noticeable yeah because i mean you're talking about a scene where you see someone swimming front and center and then this squiggly like ochre color line like like just like and it's distracting i'm I'm like what is that yeah and, they, and it is i a think film they didn't take enough time i think stuff like that can be removed and maybe they're not talented enough visual artists to do it maybe i mean uh, but it is a negative i mean i i gotta dock stuff like that <laughs> you know because we know it can be done flawless we've seen it before yeah. and you know blue underground isn't no fox or warner brothers you know what i mean they are an indie company that takes these old movies and um does what they can with them and for the most part it's actually incredible what they did yeah we went to or at least i want to make clear that it's just a few scenes especially underwater and that's it the rest of the movie's fine okay let's get into the audio which Dolby Atmos, surprising, because usually most older movies, they don't even attempt that this old. They'll do a 5.1 or something. Now, I have firsthand knowledge of this. Of course, this was mono when it was released. It was mono all the way up to probably a DVD release. Might have got reproduced into stereo or maybe regular Dolby surround. But what say you with the audio? As for the Atmos, I could only hear it once. At the beginning of the movie, I was expecting to hear it when the barn or church or whatever that place was, when everything was on fire, and I didn't get it at all. But 
I mean, the dialogue was always intelligible. Which is you an could, accomplishment. Yes. You could always tell where something was coming from, which is another accomplishment. Yes. The surrounds are not that great. Most of it comes from the front speakers. But still, you, got, you have a sense of depth. Yes, so which is fine. surprising. This movie never sounded this good, too. But mm -hmm. it's not as near as poignant as the video, I would say. You know, this is a mono track that I have heard in surround and stuff. And it's just old. Yeah. And they did reproduce and do some modifications with the audio in this that did give it a little bit more fuller of a feel. Yes. It didn't sound so tinny and distracting and super dated. I mean, it is dated. But they did boost and amplify certain things without it getting hollow or crackly and things yeah. like that. But, I mean, really, after there's this scene at the beginning of the movie when the, when the boat is just like there floating you know, uh, floating where i mean that the you can hear at some point the crackling of the of the mast and everything above you and that was so prevalent right it was right there up and i was that right there i got really excited for the for the ending of the movie and then in the ending of the movie where everything is supposed to be falling on you It just doesn't. You get just to be an, a spectator as opposed to being part of the movie. And that was disappointing to me. Yes, but even current releases really don't use overheads. Absolutely. So yeah. I noticed it twice, Phantom, during this movie. And it's brief times, but it was a noticeable notice. <laughs> it was a looking up. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, <laughs> we're getting something. Exactly. Surrounds used mildly. They really inflect the wind and atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So it's something yep. extra that you're really not used to on this movie. Yep. So it does perk you up. Yeah. And then the, the famous drumming. I mean, oh, you yeah. do feel it. Yes. You, do, yeah, you, you yeah, don't just bass hear it. Is, bass is weak in this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but you do get to to feel you the drumming more, more than hear it. Yes. Only, only you get to feel the... Dun, 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 dun. So that is really cool. Yep. All right, Lady Phantom. We have a whole separate disc of special features. What do we got? Yeah, and actually, there are also features on the 4K disc. We have the audio commentary with Troy Howarth, author of Splintered Visions, Lucio Fulci and his films. We have another audio commentary with star Ian McCulloch and Jason J. Slater. You have When the Earth Spits Out the Dead, interview with Stephen Thrower, theatrical trailers, TV spots, radio spots, poster and still gallery and Guillermo del Toro's intro. And that's just in the 4K. This too, which is a Blu-ray specifically for bonus features, has Zombie Wasteland, interviews with stars Ian McCulloch, Richard Johnson and Al Cliver, and actor stuntman Ottaviano Delacqua. And not to uh, interrupt, but I want to say that if you're a fan of this film, those were so interesting, those special features to see how they look today, and many of them look so similar, just really old in comparison, but they were interesting reflecting back to this movie that they thought nobody would ever see. Mm -hmm. Then we have Flesh Eaters on Film, 
Interview with co-producer Fabrizio D'Angelis. Dead Time Stories. Interviews with co-writers Elisa Briganti and uncredited Dardano Sacchetti. World of the Dead. Interviews with cinematographer Sergio Salvati and production and costume designer Walter Patriarca. Zombie Italiano. Interviews with special makeup effects artists Gianetto De Rossi and Maurizio Trani and special effects artist Gino De Rossi. Notes on a headstone. Interview with composer Fabio Frizzi. All in the Family. Interview with Antonella Fulci. Zombie Lover. Award-winning filmmaker Guillermo del Toro talks about one of his favorite films. All right. These indie houses that do these horror films and some of these older releases, not in horror too. There's other indie companies that do releases that the big studios don't pick up. They do chock full of of special features because these are almost like cult classics and people are really interested in in things like this, especially in horror, but it's the same in other movies, I'm sure. Yeah, too, I mean, I feel up. like this is a very important part of cinema history. I mean, it, it is a document. I agree. All right, Kevin, this is for you. I'll start, Lady Phantom, because I want to talk a little. You know we try to be the most accurate of what 4K can achieve. And because this is one of my favorite films, I need to quantify some things here that maybe I didn't with another release or something. And maybe you think I was too harsh on something or not, but I don't think I am. And I'm not coming super high with this disc. I said, you've never seen this movie like this if you know anything about this movie at all. Unlike Alien, which we told you not to buy because it's so bad. And that's one of my favorite films, too. Here, the faces, the HDR grading, the vividness is almost incredible that this can be achieved on this low-budget shot on poor-quality film in many different countries and stitched together over time can look like this. There is a lot of grain in every wide-angle scene except maybe a few. But when they're at a medium length or close-ups, it disappears. Like, you don't see it and you're, because you're just seeing the vibrancy of freckles, of ice, of wounds, of hair, of textures, of wood, of splinters, of dirt, and maggots and centipede-like creatures, and the water scenes, and the coral, and algae. Like, it just looked impressive, because I know exactly how this movie looked when it came out. Sound was definitely improvement over any other release. So here's what I'm going to do. In 4K standard as what can be achieved, this movie is a slight tick above average, I'm going to say. It has grain. You notice the grain. It's distracting grain in several scenes. But there's parts in this movie that looks like it could have been done five years ago. 
and all the gore effects hold up. This HDR and the wide color gamut popped these scenes and showed you more depth of intestines and bite marks, and it didn't look like rubber. You know, they're chewing pieces. It didn't look like fake parts laying there. The blood looked totally realistic. So the 4K didn't hurt the effects. It improved them, which is monumental for a movie like this. The sound was reproduced, and it does sound better than it ever did. It's worth the 40 bucks, Bugfugger. C+. If you're a fan of this film, you must buy this on 4K. If you're not a fan of this film, if you just want a horror movie to watch, wow, I would say don't get it on 4K. Maybe even DVD might be your best way to see it that tamps down the grain. It's a flatter image and stuff, but it has that nostalgia and old-timey feel. But for me and for you fans of this, to me, this is worth the 40 bucks. Buy it, Lady Phantom. I agree. It's a, it is a hard disc to grade because on the one hand, like, yeah, I mean, the grain is really prevalent and distracting at points. But if you are not looking at a wide angle, it looks so good. And it is an achievement. And it is something that should be taken into consideration, but you cannot be unfair either. So, uh, you know, but I agree. I definitely agree. And there are scenes right now you were talking about the light. And in recent movies we've seen, we, we have seen this scene, you know, with a flashlight or something. This movie has that. Yes, and it looks right. so good. Yes. And you even see the halos. Yes. The light and, flares. Yeah, and the colors of those halos are beautiful. And you have this that happens with a few movies in which the actor is holding the flashlight to you and you feel like you for a second are blinded. It's so bright. So I definitely say it is above average as well. I am going also with a C plus and I say it is completely worth the upgrade. There you have it, Bugfugger. Zombie is down on a bonus show. Remember, listeners out there, if you have a movie you want The Phantom and I to cover, please go to BillShetty.com and leave it on that guest book. We cover any 4K Blu-ray disc release. I was so stoked to cover this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And The Phantom had one of hers, too on a bonus episode the dark night the dark night but he was so excited when we first got the request and i was too because it is a good movie as we said or as i said it's not without fault but it's a very good fun horror movie absolutely don't forget to subscribe to us if you haven't yet we have so many releases we're doing And we are going to be the number one source for 4K Blu-ray reviews. We are already up over 70-some reviews. And don't forget to bookmark, too, because we got some more written reviews coming out. So for Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. 
We'll catch you this coming Thursday on a regular scheduled release. See you later.